This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, mother... Man, how the heck are you? Hi, Jake. Hello. It is February 1st, 2022. Only 18 days away from the birth of the legend. Who am I referring to, Jake? Uh, yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The birthday month has begun. Steak for everybody but anybody. Um, Bro, for real. We about to eat all kinds of steaks this we month. We about to get at it. Uh, this box that you're seeing here. This box. Hey, nice box. Uh, if you're on the podcast, you should find us on YouTube. Uh, this box that you're seeing here means that we are giving away the Xbox Series S. X. X. As an ecstasy. It's a Series X, please. X, please. Thank you. Uh, 8K HDR power and shit. Yeah. Uh, the point is, uh, we're over 3,000 subs for some casuals doing uh, Juto, man. It's not too bad. We uh, are officially this morning giving away this Xbox Series X. Because yep. we're at 3,012 subscribers yeah. uh, on uh, YouTube. Make sure if you're on the podcast, make sure you find us. Um, just Google search The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. We have all kinds of great affiliate links for you every day. Uh, everything from protein bars to 50% off Amazon Prime memberships. Um, ashwagandha, which makes your load bigger. What do you bet? Uh, you know... Yeah. At home COVID tests. It's all in the description of the podcast and on YouTube. Click all our links. Do it. Do it. Make us money. Yeah. Please. We're poor. Uh, Xbox Series X coming up here in about 40 minutes on the show. We'll announce the winner. Chris Karn, good morning to you. Dane, what's up? Good to see you, Dane. And why don't we start with Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz? Because um, it was shocking um, to... Read some of the comments on Twitter yesterday and the conversations surrounding Donovan Mitchell's extended absence from the ball club. Now, we have no idea when Donovan Mitchell is going to return to this team. Um, he is battling a concussion right now. Um, yes, this box is menacing. I agree. One of the comments says the box is menacing. Um, but, yes, it's it's got 3,000 um, names in it. Yeah, the um, box. The Your box. box. Nice box, bro. Yeah. Um, anyway, the point is, uh, Donovan Mitchell has a concussion and nobody knows when he's coming back. Never. And I, I guess, well, I think it's going to be sooner than never. Uh-huh, sure, I think right. it's going to we'll be see. sooner. It will be yeah. sooner than uh-huh. never. Uh, but my point is, is Donovan Mitchell a problem for the Utah Jazz? And we have at length talked about the fact that I and many people around the NBA agree that this team is built around the wrong guy in Rudy Gobert. There's no question about that. Jake, is it a problem? Is Donovan Mitchell a problem? Is his concussion a problem? Is Donovan Mitchell a franchise player? Uh, I mean, so number one, is the concussion a problem? I mean, yes and no. Yes, from the standpoint of Donovan Mitchell is not on the floor. Donovan Mitchell is not able to contribute to the team right now uh, on the floor. I, I think, you know, if you watch jazz games consistently, and we don't, we're casual. You're casual. You know, obviously. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you watch jazz games consistently, you'll notice that lately during this time when Donovan has been out, the broadcast is doing a really nice job of showing Don with the clipboard and talking to young guys and, 
and, you know, just making sure that everybody knows that Don's involved. So, you know, is he a problem? Not necessarily. He is with the team. He is coaching up young guys and, uh, you know, I guess getting over this concussion, which seems kind of odd to me at this point. But but I think the the bigger conversation that I think needs to be had um, right now is – Let's say they do tear the team down. Let's say they make all these trades and they do all this stuff that everyone's talking about them doing, either at the deadline or in the summer, and they build around Donovan Mitchell. Can Donovan Mitchell be the franchise player they need him to be and they expect him to be? And that, I think, is the is the true question of Don right now. My opinion on that is that, you know, on the floor, yeah, talent-wise, yes, but I, I question his leadership ability based on where this team is at. That's what I wonder about. I question... How is it that this locker room got to where it got to? How is it, even if it's not 100% true, even if it's only 50% true, that his relationship with his center, the second best player on the team in Rudy Gobert, is at a minimum not great. And at a maximum, it's strained and they don't talk. You know, how does it get there? You have to be better than that. The stars in this league, like yesterday, I was scrolling through Instagram, as we all do. A video came up of LeBron doing a presser with Kyrie when they were Cleveland Cavaliers. And the reporter asked LeBron, well, hey, if Kyrie had made this shot or that shot, you know, would you guys be in a better position? And what does LeBron do? Just like he did with Russell Westbrook, he defended Kyrie and said, put it on me. I had seven turnovers. I had this. I had that. And that's what I think is missing from Donovan's leadership game right now. He's Mm -hmm. not controlling the narrative of the team. He's not out in the media saying, hey, they're like, like, yes, I know last week I got sent the post about, you know, Ben Anderson asking if he wanted if asking Don if he wanted a trade. And it's like, all right, that's the last time we've really heard from Don. We haven't like, where is this guy at? And it begs like to me, I'm wondering, hey, is what's the deal with this concussion? Is it really that bad? Are you really telling me that that you've had to been out what two weeks now with a concussion? It, it's but been exactly two weeks. But you're healthy enough to be on the sidelines, writing up plays and laughing and joking around on the bench. That's really what. That's really the message that we're trying to send here. So that's why I wonder, like, what is going on? I, I'm not saying that the guy's holding out or he doesn't want to play or he's trying to force a trade. I'm not saying any of that. But all I am simply saying it's just curious that it's taking him so long to get back because first the local guys or the local reporters reported that the team said that he was out of protocol and now it's just conditioning. That Don's got to get back into game shape and it's just conditioning. I think Tony Jones is the one that reported that, if memory and, serves. I mean, Yeah, Tony and then a couple other people. And, and then, you know, you've got, oh, well, he's not out of concussion protocol and it's not conditioning. So what is it? That's what I'm curious about. What the hell is going on with this with this with this guy right now? I, I what I find so fascinating, and I probably read too much into this. I think this is part of the narrative on the local media. We don't have a media here in Salt Lake City that has relationships with Don, mm-hmm. and so we don't get the real inside. We don't have anybody that can say, "Well, hey, Donovan Mitchell's waking up with headaches. Donovan Mitchell's experiencing." Um, you know, vertigo, Donovan Mitchell is having blurred vision. He gets nauseous when he plays. Like, we don't know what the issue is. And I guess the question is, are we entitled? Yeah, actually, I think we are entitled. When it comes to Donovan Mitchell, yeah, yeah we are. Believe it, we believe are. it or not, I think we are entitled. And I, I don't believe on the regular that we should be entitled to people's medical information. Mm-hmm. But when you are a professional athlete, I think you give up some of that anonymity. I think that's HIPAA. Yeah, and I totally, I totally, in all seriousness, 
I totally understand that it's HIPAA. I think that's HIPAA. But when you're a star on the level of Donovan Mitchell, and let's let's pull no punches. In Salt Lake City, Donovan Mitchell is the brightest of stars. The beginning and the end. Yeah, there there's no bigger star in Salt Lake City than Donovan Mitchell. I mean, yeah. if you think about Salt Lake, like who's the biggest sports name in this town? Well, I, I think I think you know Cam Rising had taken over during the football season a little bit, but I think he's uh, not I bigger totally than. I totally disagree. He's not bigger than Donovan Mitchell. I um, think the biggest name in town is probably Kyle Whittingham, Kalani Sataki, Tom Homo would have to be right there. Donovan Mitchell's right there. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, because he's such a massive human being, can't yeah. walk down the street. Rudy Gobert is a Twitter hero. That's what he is. But Donovan, a, yeah. Donovan Mitchell is somebody that young kids gravitate to. Yeah, they wear his shoe. They wear his jersey. He's I, the guy. I, I, and I think that's why, uh, I, at this point, I, I that's why I think, you, Don, there needs to be an explanation. Yeah. They, you can't simply have this guy out for weeks at a time with concussion protocol. Spinal. No, I think where the culture on this team is and where the culture in this locker room is, we're past the point where you can just say, yeah, he's got a concussion, he's out. And then you have conflicting reporting, and I have no doubt that Donovan Mitchell is dealing with concussion. I, I'm not the guy that's going to question him on that, but it's a little odd. How severe is this concussion? This is two full weeks. Yeah. It generally does not take your brain two full weeks to recover from a concussion, especially not in the NBA. Yeah, and it's not like he, you know, fell from the sky or some something crazy. Like, you know, I, I, I look, I, I'm not saying that he's not working hard to get back or that he's, again, that he's, like, trying to force a trade or whatever. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm simply saying is that in a time when the team is clearly a mess and they're trying to get a grip on life, in a time when you're falling down the standings at a pretty aggressive pace – um, I just feel like, you know, Don would be wanting to get back as soon as possible. And, and yesterday you brought up on the show uh, in that last year in that Memphis series when, you know, you had Don's people saying this and the team's people saying that. Notice we're not getting that here. Notice we're not getting, hey, Don's people are saying he's good to go. Team saying he's not good to go. We're not getting any of that. Nobody has said anything on that front. And that's what I also think, because a lot of times in these situations, it's what's not said, what's not Absolutely. happening. That's what you have to pay attention to. What is not present? What's not present is, hey, Don's people are saying he's good to go, but the team is saying, yeah, he's not good to go. And there's drama. That's not present by, here. By the way, what are you, Denver, Brooklyn, uh, the Knicks, Golden State? That's the next four games. Yeah, good luck. Good luck, bro. Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday. You know, like I, you need Donovan Mitchell. Um, I would think, I would think that he would, I would hope that he'd be back for Brooklyn on Friday. I mean, but again, because we don't have information, it's it, it, I can't definitively say that he would be. I mean, I would guess yeah. that you know today or tomorrow we'll start seeing some tweets from folks like Tony Jones or any of the people that cover the team that Don is probable and he's working his way back. Well, I, I mean, and... I would think that they would release a, a medical today. Um, I would think that they would update that. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, we're not entitled to any of this, by the way. I mean, you know, it, it I, I get it. It is HIPAA. It is his per personal medical information, but I'm telling you now there, there is, it's more than that. Listen, now. we're not, listen, we're not entitled to know the exact extent of how severe the concussion is in the personal 
you know, nail by nail, detail by detail, you know, ongoings of his medical condition. But we are entitled to know how long it's going to be until like how long, generally speaking, like a ballpark figure of when Donovan Mitchell is going to be back. If it's going to be a month, just say, hey, it's going to be a month. If it's going to be two weeks, say, hey, it's going to be two weeks. He's going to be out for an extended amount of time. Why is it so hard to say that? You know, like, why can't like we're not asking for his height and his weight and his social security number. You know, we're asking, we just want to know how long is dude going to be out, generally speaking, you know, and I don't think that that is too much to ask. And so that's why when I take, when I stop and I take sort of, I guess, stock of the situation, hey, you know, what are we seeing? What are we not seeing? What does this feel like? What are we, like, what are we hearing? I'm not hearing anything from Donovan Mitchell's camp. I'm not hearing anything from the team, and I'm sure we'll hear something today, but just the idea that we didn't hear, we haven't heard really too much on this situation yeah. brings me back to the question that began the show and why we're having this conversation. <laughs> is Donovan Mitchell a problem? Is Can he be a franchise player? He's not a problem, but I do wonder if he can be a franchise player the same way that that any like the same way that Devin Booker is a franchise player or Jason Tatum's a franchise player. I don't have any doubt about that. I think Donovan well, Mitchell is one of the top 15 players in the but NBA. But the question isn't on the floor. Remember, that's not the conversation we're having. No, about. I think I well, I think defensively it is on the floor. I think I think Donovan Mitchell is not doing the job as a leader and I think that's why I say it 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 doesn't take a whole lot to add up the the you know, the equation here. I mean, yeah, you look at the controversial comments that some are making. You look at people talking about people right now are trying to choose between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. And I think it's a huge mistake. I I think right now you need to appreciate those two together because I frankly don't think they're going to change. I think the jazz are going to have Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell on this roster for at least two more years. And I think that they are going to, dramatically shift the way the roster's constructed mm-hmm. to focus in and shift the onus uh, on success to Donovan Mitchell and away from Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Because you have to come to grips with the fact that Donovan Mitchell is the prototypical 2022 NBA player. He is offensive. He gets to the basket. He has incredible range from three. He's got to learn to play defense, which is what, all of these guys have dealt with, whether it's Steph Curry, Devin Booker certainly is a, a perfect parallel because now Book is a is a more than, I would say he's a plus defender now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's mainly because he understands what it takes to, to compete for an NBA championship. And I think that's something that this team is lacking. You have nobody on this roster that's really been a focal point of an NBA championship caliber team. Yeah. And so I don't fault Donovan Mitchell. I really don't. But whether it's your coaching staff, you have a very young coaching staff here as far as experience at the top of the league. Who on this staff has won a championship? Who on this roster has won a championship? Yeah. Who in ownership has won a championship? Dwayne Wade. That's who. And I think that's why Dwayne's here. And I, I, I you know what? I, I have been told that Dwayne and Donovan Mitchell have a fine relationship. There's no rub there, but at some point, Don's got to take the next leap into leadership. He's got to take the next leap into, um, hey, this is my team and I'm going to lead and I'm not going to tolerate, you know, the kind of infighting and talking that's going on because that's what's needed. Don needs to stand up in the middle of that locker room 
and announce his presence with authority and say, we're not doing this. Jordan, you're not turning the ball over. You know, like, hey, we've got to be self-accountable. And there's an axiom in sports, and I know a lot of people don't appreciate it or are not comfortable with the term players-only meeting. You need a players-only meeting. And and I, I know I have been told multiple times that's happened already, and that's why I say there's a leadership gap on this team. The players-only meeting turned into infighting and arguing um, about, you know, with Rudy Gobert arguing that, hey, you guys got to work harder on defense and you got to throw me the ball on offense. And his teammates said to him, hey, you turn the ball over when we give it to you. To which he said, well, so does Jordan Clarkson, but he still gets the ball. You can't continue to have this go around. Donovan Mitchell is the clear and obvious choice to step up and be the leader of this team. The question is, will he? And, I, and I'm not, frankly, I'm not confident that that's going to happen. Yeah, agreed. Completely. I'm not. That's exactly what I'm saying, too. So is Donovan Mitchell a problem? I think that's aggressive to say he's a problem. But I think, you know, if if <clears throat> for, for a Donovan Mitchell-led team to go to an NBA Finals, he has to step up. And, he and does. And it's not just on the floor. It's in the locker room. It's I also think it's in the media a little bit. Like, I, I, I think overall just a total – human PR side of his game as a star needs to pick up. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, what's up, bros? How the heck are you? Rudy Sanchez says, morning, fellas. Hey. Hello. James Knight, oh, you guys have a medical degree now? LOL. Always oh, salty. Still OS4X Think that's HIPAA? Still OS4X gold. Yeah, I guess uh, I'll have to figure something out. Yeah, you will. Ramsey Tensa says, morning. Morning. Uh, Memphis says we need a defensive point guard. Oh, wait, Ben Simmons. I don't, I, and this has been much debated. I don't think there's any doubt that Ben Simmons fits into this team and what this team needs. I, I think you need a, a guy that attacks the basket offensively, Ben Simmons. And I think you need a guy that can lock down a wing, Ben Simmons. The problem is you don't need a guy that makes the money that Ben Simmons makes and has been the pain in the ass that Ben Simmons has been. Yeah, I just don't know that you want to take that risk. And I know, frankly, you can't afford him. Right now, the Jazz are in this interesting time right now where the only way that they're going to remake this roster is to lose. Yeah, Because they're going to have to give away talent, go through a period, and that's why I hope they do this at the deadline. Trade everybody that you can trade that's not named Donovan Mitchell. Trade Mike Conley, trade Boyan Bogdanovich, trade your mom, like trade everybody and be bad this season and then have money to spend in the offseason. Mike Conley has value. Yes, I would trade Rudy Gobert if I could tomorrow, today, yesterday, last month. Mm -hmm. I would trade him as soon as I can. Rip this thing apart and rebuild it around Donovan Mitchell. That's what I would do. Yeah. And if you can trade Mike Conley for – a, you know, a second rounder or a late first rounder, do it. If you can trade Bogey, if you can trade Clarkson, do it. Play the young guys, leave Donovan Mitchell here, and start over in the summer. Yep. That's the quickest way to a championship. Because I'm telling you now, this roster at 100% is not a championship caliber roster. Everybody's 100%. Everybody's healthy. Not a championship caliber roster. Joe Ingles on the floor, his loss is... Take it or leave it. I don't think it's a significant win-loss thing. On the floor. On the floor. I really don't. Leadership-wise, I think it sucks. It's tough not to have him on road trips. It's tough not to have him in the locker room. He is going to be rehabbing full-time, so he's not going to be able to travel. Like This is a big loss, leadership-wise, chemistry-wise, yeah. chemistry glue-guy-wise. Yeah. 
on the floor, it, it, I don't know that it means that much. But you, if you want to win a championship in the next two to three years, tear it down right now at the deadline. Trade everybody. That's what. That's exactly what I would do. Um, Teddy Wayman, what's up? How are you, man? Uh, Eddie Garcia says, my boys. Good morning. Good Hello. morning. <coughs> There's the first cough right there. <coughs> I'm getting better. You I'm are. Telling it's you. definitely improving. I, it's I am, definitely I, improving. I, I'm a stud. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, Donnie is not the problem. I agree he needs to step up, but the Jazz will never get another Donnie-like player for a long time. He needs to stay in Utah. Totally agree Agreed, with that. Agreed, 100%. Totally agree. 100%. Rec 1 says, nothing much to add. You guys said it all. Simmons would be nice, but how do you make that trade and win it? You don't. Never. Yeah, you don't. You don't. I totally agree. Steve Holler says, trade Gobert. Does Mitchell want to be in Utah long term? I would absolutely trade Rudy Gobert if I could. There's no doubt. That contract is one of the worst contracts in the NBA. And I Rudy's skill set, while it is elite defensively, he is the best rebounder in the NBA right now. When does that win you a championship? The beating you will take trading Rudy Gobert is worth the time that it's going to make you suck. I agree. Because He's, when you come out of that, you're going to be in a great spot. Rudy, and I, there is value in his defensive ability. He changes shots every single possession almost. Yeah. But he can be had. You're being you're seeing that teams attack him if only to drive and kick. But mm. guys like John Morant are gonna dunk on him. Guy he, like you nobody is bulletproof at the rim. Nobody. And ultimately what you're seeing is the team defensively is built around Rudy Gobert, and it's a huge problem because you're allowing guys to be passive defensively and it's become pervasive. It is it is not that they're incapable of defending. They just don't ha – they're not trained to do that. Mm -hmm. And their habit – and we are all a creature of our habits. Their habit is to filter guys to Rudy. And you're learning very quickly that the athletic ability at the NBA level means you can't play like that. Mm -hmm. And it's it's quite frustrating. Uh, Jeremy says, two players I stay away from no matter what, Westbrook and Simmons. Ben Simmons has tremendous value. He has tremendous upside. If he never, ever makes a mid-range or a three-point shot, he has tremendous upside because he can dribble, he can be your point guard, he can distribute, and he's an elite wing defender. Yeah, There's real value in that. You need that on championship-caliber teams. If Rudy Gobert was a 6'6 forward, forget about it. He's an MVP. He's an MVP. Even if he doesn't have the ability offensively, He's an MVP because I guarantee you he'd be able to get to the basket. He would be Ben Simmons. The problem is he's a seven-footer with no offensive game um, other other than rebounding and putbacks. Yeah. I mean, it just is – yeah, we've been down this road before. Uh, Steve Holler says Ingles was a good player. It was a big loss. Okay, explain to me what his loss is offensively because Joe Ingles isn't getting to the basket, and Joe Ingles isn't a guy that – Joe Ingles – his true value to the Utah Jazz was he could make the occasional three. He was not shooting the three well this year at all. Um, he could make the occasional three, and he wasn't. He didn't care about taking the chippy foul. The, the, I mean, ask Kawhi Leonard yeah. about Joe Ingles' chippy fouls. If you go on Twitter and you look at the Joe Ingles hype tapes, if you are, you know, the the highlight the packages, tribute videos. the tribute videos, you can clearly see even two seasons ago, Joe was a quicker better version of himself and again this I'm not saying this to knock Joe but if we're being realistic about where Joe Ingles is at right now or where he was before the ACL tear 
you know, the truth is, is that he had lost a step. Now he can still shoot it just because you're not quick off your first step. Doesn't mean you can't shoot the ball. He just happened. He just hadn't happened to be shooting the ball particularly well this year. So father time is undefeated. Yeah. We, we talk about that all the time. It, It is only a matter of time when you and you play, by the way, the, the caliber of player that Joe Ingles used to be dictated that he played in the Olympics, that he played in the world championships, that he played in the NBA. Yeah. And he, and the last couple of years played in the playoffs and he's got a lot of miles on the tires, man. It was only a matter of time and he's not 20 something. He's 30 something. Yeah. So look, I, I, I respect Joe Ingles, but we're truth tellers on this show. His offensive skill had eroded. Mm-hmm. He he was not the Paul George in your head thing was not in non-existent against the Clippers last year. Yeah, he was not able to do that. You know, I just I I think it 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 just is what it is. Um, DW two CB says really sorry about Ingles. Time to spend more time developing the bench. Eli ain't polished, but he's a bird in the hand, not a trade in the bush. Agreed. Agreed. One hundred percent, dude. Eli. Elijah. Elijah. Okay. All right. My bad. Um, EB of the Sofa Surfer says if Rudy could shoot from mid-range, it would be a different story, but that ain't happening. Yeah. I mean, if he could shoot from the mid-range, they'd be a championship caliber team. Absolutely. Legitimately because of what what that brings to your offense and the the just plethora of options (laughs) you have with him being able to do that. Yeah. Um, Caleb says, yes, moved here in 2019 and Joe was a lot better. Um, D, I, I... I think defensively is where his fall-off has really been. You get enough threes out of guys on this team. I mean, let's be honest. Jordan Clarkson on his own outshoots most dudes. But, like, Jordan Clarkson, and I guess this is the transition to the team conversation sort of, but, like, I look at guys like, you know, what happened to Ingles, and then you look at Jordan Clarkson, and, and like, anybody, any name you want to look at, even Donovan Mitchell, like, like these guys just are not playing as good as they did the last couple of seasons across the (laughs) roster. Because the league has adjusted. The league has adjusted, and the Jazz have not adjusted. Yeah, I mean that, that they still play the same way that they've always played. They they have not changed. This system has not changed in three years. The roster is almost identical this year to last year when you look at core players. Yeah, I mean Rudy Gay. It's been a disappointment. Like, and I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but Rudy, get you took a risk on a much older player, and you hoped for a young man's contribution. It, it the small ball lineup has not succeeded. You are still getting beat badly by small ball lineups, mm-hmm. and and with Rudy in, with Rudy out, you're still getting beaten badly by mm-hmm. small ball lineups. And I I think Rudy Gay's highest best use is is Joe Ingles. He is what Joe Ingles used to be. He can defend multiple positions, and he's still a pretty good knockdown three point shooter. Yeah, right. He is the new Joe Ingles on this team, and that's why I say like other guys are carrying the load that Joe Ingles used to carry, right? Now, the question is, how much does this time without Don and and Rudy get Elijah uh, or Elijah Hughes more minutes? Yeah. Jared Butler's terrible right now. I mean, he is – there are spurts of just awful basketball out of him. Yeah. Play him more. Yeah, dude. Play him more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, figure it out. It, it is – I just – you're either going to compete for a championship or you're going to be an also rant. That's the, it's the, but the truth is the truth is, and and I, and this is not going to sound nice, but when it, when's the last time they weren't an also rant Stockton and Malone. I mean, that, that that's so the God's what, honest what, truth. What indication do we have 
outside of, hey, they just brought in Danny Ainge. And, yeah, I mean, you added Wade and the ownership. But the, that group hasn't done anything yet. Now, timing-wise, they're still getting the benefit of the doubt. But if nothing happens at the deadline, I think you have to start to ask the question, okay, what's the strategy? Are we really waiting till summer to really start, you know, doing things? Yeah. Uh, we're giving away the Xbox Series X coming up here in about 20 minutes. Stick around for that. We are. It's, been telling it's you that guys, day. I've been telling you. I mean, we told you, like, what, when, did we start, when did we start running the, the, the YouTube video for the Xbox? What was it, like, two weeks ago? Maybe. Like we that, haven't yeah. had this thing very long. Yeah. It's, it is here. the hottest device that we've ever given away. And we're, we're giving away another PS5. Uh, we're going to actually talk about that coming up after we give away the Xbox Series X. Uh, but please check out our, our links below. All of our favorite Amazon items are there. And by the way, if you're not a Prime member, my goodness, absolutely positive. Yeah, if you're a casual, get an Xbox or get a uh, Amazon Prime membership. Um, it's 50% off. It's a trial membership. I think it's $6.99 a month. That link is below in the description on both the podcast and on the uh, YouTube live stream. So check that out. Uh, eBay says a Tory Craig would have been a good pickup. I, I, yes, absolutely. James Knight says you praise the addition of Rudy Gay and now he's not. You can't have it both ways. We, absolutely. We praise the, the addition of Rudy Gay, but he has not lived up to what you hoped he would it's be. It's not. See, and again, all due respect, and I know, James, you're going to DM me after the show making sure that everything is good, right? I don't hate you. I'm not – I don't have any kind of feeling towards no. you. But, but when you're going to come in here and try to, try to, you know, air our dirty laundry, if you will, or however you want to describe what it is that you're doing, yeah, you're damn right we can have it both ways because the, it's not having it both ways. What it is is, hey, yes, great job taking a risk on this guy. This is a – at the time, with where the team was at, it was a good decision, but it hasn't worked out. And now Joe Ingles tore his ACL, so you're going to ask more out of Eric Pascal. You're going to ask more out of Rudy Gay. You're going to ask Jordan Clarkson not to turn it over seven, eight times a game. Like, like these things, the ask keeps going up, right? Yeah, yes. That's the problem. You, you, you're asking more of guys than you should be. When you signed Rudy Gay, go back and watch the video. Again, this is the greatness of YouTube, right? Everything that we say is on our YouTube channel. It's not hard to find the Rudy Gay video. Go find it. On that day when we were talking about Rudy Gay, we specifically talked about how, hey, you're going to ask this guy to do more than he's probably capable of at this stage in his career. Asking him to play the five the same way uh, a Draymond Green does or the same way a P.J. Tucker does at times for their respective teams is probably a pretty big ask for Rudy Gay. Now, has he shot it halfway decent? Yeah, he has. He's made some shots. That's his strength. But I just think the the reason you brought him in was for the wrong reason. You brought him in to play small ball, and that's not his highest and no. best use. No. I, I. And we said that on the day they brought him in. Yeah. Steve Holler, is Devin Booker actually good? Wow, really? Do we have to have this conversation You're again? You're casual. No, we're not do we having have that to have conversation, this conversation again. again. We're not having it. Do you think the Jazz will finish top three seed, Caleb said? I do not. Uh, when Don and Rudy come back, I hope we hit our stride before the playoffs and make a run. We need that 25-point-a-game from Spida, and Rudy's defensive presence will help us win. Do you understand what you're going to have to do to be a top-three seed right now? Well, no. First of all, do you understand it's not it's not early anymore? Yeah. Do you understand that we're like 50 games into the season? Like, it's not – there's not a whole lot you're of time You're literally left. going to have to – like, you've got, to, to your point, 
you're 50 ish games into the season. Yeah, you got the record there. The season ends April 10th. And we're in God, February. It's February 1st. You have 60 days, and you're probably playing third, what is that, 27 ish games or so in that time? Whatever the exact number is, bro, you're going to have to win. I hope people understand this. To be a top three seed, when these guys come back, you're going to have to win like 17 out of 20. You've you played know, like, 51 games. Like, you have 30 games left. Like like 15 out of 18. You know, like you're going to have to go on one of those runs like you did in 2018. And it's not – you don't have the talent to do that. Yeah, and that's the scary part. And that's why I say, you know, again, to go back to the the thumbnail and the question of the day, it, you know, is Donovan Mitchell a problem? Is he a franchise player? Like where are we at on Donovan Mitchell? There's another side to that conversation when it comes to the rest of the season. How much – like if you know that you're not – a championship team because eventually this front office and leadership group of this team is going to make that decision. Oh, they hey, have already. Well, they have already. Well, I can't definitively say that. They, I, I, I can absolutely say that Danny Ainge recognizes this roster needs to be made over. He is going to make significant. But how changes. does that affect Dan, How does that affect Donovan Mitchell? So like the point I was getting to is that there's no incentive for them to p bring Donovan Mitchell back or play him or. Oh, I totally any of agree. Guys. And, and that. That's what we talked about the other day. Why would you rush Donovan Mitchell back now? You're four games behind Memphis. You're four games behind Memphis with 30 with 30 games to go. You're four games back of Memphis. What are the chances you're going to make up those four games on Memphis? Almost nothing. Almost nothing. There's no chance. I, I think there's – I'm not going to say no chance. You could go undefeated the rest of the year. Sure, that could happen. It's not going to happen. I mean, if you look at, I think there's more of a chance they'll be in the sixth spot than they'll be in the third spot. My guess is if they continue down this road with the way that Minnesota is playing right now, the Jazz are going to have to fight tooth and nail to stay out of the play-in tournament. Because right now, you look at Minnesota, Minnesota is, is scoring 111 points a game. Now, they're not very good defensively. I think they're giving the Minnesota's giving up 110 points a game. That's not going to win you much. But that team's tough to contend with, mm -hmm. as the Jazz just found out the other night. Like you're you're and that was kind of an ass kicking. You're they're only four games behind you. And the way the Jazz are the way the Jazz are playing at what, two and eight in their last ten? The the T Wolves don't have to play seven hundred basketball to catch them. You're one game out of the sixth spot right now. Do you understand that? With 30 games to go, the, the Dallas Mavericks are one win behind you. You're at 30. They're at 29. They're in the sixth spot. You're in the fourth spot. And you got Brooklyn coming. And you got 30 day, 30 games left. Like, there's you're out of time here. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people believe, oh, there's all this time. No, there's not. <laughs> you got 30 games to go. You're 50 games into the season, man. Like, it is – it's unbelievable how – Fast things happen, especially when there's negativity. Mm -hmm. Negativity, like the ends of the spectrum, absolute domination and absolute negativity make time fly. When you're just a mediocre plotting team, which the Jazz have not been, they have been terrible. When you're a mediocre plotting team, when you're the Dallas Mavericks, the season just happens. Season just happens. When you lose the way the Jazz have been losing, time flies. And it's very difficult to write that ship. It, it is. Anyway, I don't mean to keep going on. 
Uh, I think Joe's injury could galvanize the group. Okay, explain to me how it would galvanize this group. Yeah, I think that's wishful thinking. I think if it was Donovan, if it was, see, in the here's the, my problem with Rudy Gobert, and I want to be careful in saying that his teammates don't like him. He's grinding on his teammates, Rudy Gobert. So I don't know that Rudy being out would be galvanizing. I think Donovan, I think Conley being out. There's not a whole lot of love in that locker room right now. There's not a whole lot of chemistry in that locker room right now. And I just don't, I mean, Joe Ingles is is a glue guy. I, he's not the type of guy, though, his injury galvanizes you. Because when you when you think about, hey, his injury brought us together and saved the season. You don't have to try that hard to replace his production. Rudy Gay is going to replace his minutes and likely produce at a higher level than Joe Ingles. Yeah. So if that happens, or if you play Elijah Hughes, who I think is probably one of the more likely candidates off the rack to replace Joe Ingles' minutes, if you play Elijah Hughes and you play Rudy Gay in his spot and they produce, Joe Ingles becomes a memory. He doesn't become somebody like, oh, man, I miss him. You're, he's you're, he's going to become a memory. Man, those eight years with Joe Ingles were great. And that's what it'll be. When Joe retires, and I, I the Jazz aren't going to retire his number. You know, like, I mean, I, I think the Jazz will do a nice ceremony for him. and But Joe Ingles, let's not overemphasize Joe Ingles. He is important in a chemistry glue fashion. He was a culture hero for the team. But his performance has has dipped to a point where you're not you, you he certainly is not irreplaceable. Yeah. He just he just is not. Yeah. Brandon Whiteside says you're making no sense of course minus Don and Rudy were at 2 and 8. Do that all teams they would be in the same situation. Jazz are fine. The the problem the is j- that, wait, wait. the Jazz are fine. You really think that this team is fine? What does fine mean? Yeah, help me understand what does fine mean. So so you're not at all concerned about the relationship between Don and Rudy. You're not at all concerned that it's taken Don an extraordinary amount of time to come back from a concussion that he should have been back from in a week or so. You're not at all concerned that they simply cannot defend. They They cannot defend. And so when you say things like, well, without Don and Rudy, they are X, Y, Z. What were they with Don and Rudy? What are the Warriors without Klay Thompson? Oh, that's right. They're still one of the best teams in the league. But what was this Was this with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert? This was a top three team in the West. Mm-hmm. Was it one of the best teams in the NBA? No, it was not. Was it a championship caliber team? No, it was not. You're not better than the Suns. You're not better than the Warriors. You're probably not better than the, the Nets or the Bucks. The Nets are a dumpster fire. You're not better than the Grizzlies right now. You're not. Well, and that was going to be my next point. I don't even know that you're better than Memphis in a seven-game series. And by the way, if they have home court advantage, good luck. Right now, right now, and you can crucify me for this, I would take John Morant over Donovan Mitchell right now. Oh, I think everybody would. Well, I don't know that everybody would. I don't know that everybody would. Oh, come on. I think I think John Morant, you're watching, and this is part of the thing with Donovan Mitchell, you're watching John Morant take – leaps and bounds in skill but but donovan came into the league a more polished polished player so those leaps and bounds were going to be smaller 
and we've seen Donovan extend his three-point shot. We've seen him not be so reliant on the explosive rim game. Now he's trying to work in more mid-range. I don't have any doubt. I don't know who. I'm sure somebody will say it. I'll take John Moran over Donovan Mitchell. I think everybody would. Well, what do the comments say? Rec one says I would too. Uh, Brylark says I'd love to be a Grizzlies fan right now. Um, Jordan McDonald says K. So let me go to K. Nuren first. This team is done as a team. Replace all the starters on the team. Tank the rest of the season. There you go. Jordan McDonald says K. We can't tank. We don't have our picks this year. Yeah, you're helping yeah. other. That De- yeah. Dennis Lindsay's a beloved figure. Yeah, okay. No, he's sure. not. Sure he is. Golden State without Clay and Curry are a lotto team. No, they're not, dude. The Jazz' biggest problem is perimeter defense. Bro. With Rudy and Mitchell, we are top three team with, with the trash perimeter defense. You're a top three team that can't win in the postseason. And, and so my question is, and I guess this has always been my struggle with Jazz fans. You're telling me it's good enough as long as you make the playoffs. Well, then what is Dwayne Wade doing here? What is Ryan Smith doing here? What do his billions mean? What is? Why are you paying the luxury tax to win in the regular season? That's not good enough. You were never a championship caliber team in the last and, – and again, Brandon, you've been a longtime listener of this show. In the last two years, all I've been saying is they are not a championship caliber team yeah. because they're built around the wrong guy. They're built around Rudy Gobert. They're built around the wrong guy. What happened when you were built around somebody named Carl Malone? What happened when you were When you were built around tenacious defense that led to incredible transition offense. You think about the very best, highest use team. Carl Malone, John Stockton, Jeff Hornacek. You look at Mark Eaton. You look like all those guys that were in the rotation. Like even... Greg Ostertag was a really effective player at his best for the Jazz, right? You look at that system, it was built on creating havoc defensively so that John and Carl could get out and run. That's what these teams were made of. You you think about all of the, the Antoine Cars of the world. You think about all of those guys on those teams. They were role players. The problem is they had on those on Stockton and Malone, you had Stockton and Malone, who were genuine superstars, two of the best players in the NBA with a good core group of role players. I don't know that you have one of the one of the best players in the NBA. Is Donovan Mitchell one of the best players in the NBA? I don't think so. I don't I don't think he's top 10 player in the NBA. Right? Like, is Rudy Gobert one of the top 10 players in the NBA? Absolutely not. So who on this? Who's the best player on this team? I'm telling you, it's Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, and he's a top 15, top. Are he's for sure a top 20 player. Yes, but if, I'm taking John Morant. Are you taking Jason Tatum over over Donovan Mitchell? Yes, probably you are. Right. So I I look at like right now I'm taking Demar Derozan the way they're playing today right now, not for the future. Today right now, Demar Derozan's an MVP candidate. Right? There's a lot of guys doing the job better than Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Not even in the West. I'm talking about the East. Think about Joel Embiid. Look how far he's raised his game. Mm-hmm. Okay, Joel Embiid. I'm taking Joel Embiid over Donovan Mitchell every single Anthony day. Anthony Edwards or Donovan Mitchell? That's a tough one. 
And that's the ball breaker right there because I'm probably leaning towards Donovan Mitchell in that argument. But, man, if Anthony Edwards has another summer like he had last summer and he comes out and he can really hit the mid-range, you're done. It's over. Because that kid is shooting the three incredibly well on a terrible team. I mean, I – But here's the thing, again, and I just want to keep bringing this up because, because I feel like it doesn't get talked about a lot with Don. Notice Anthony Edwards is on a bad team. But notice what they the attitude of that team. The attitude of that team is, hey, we're going to try and kick your ass every single night. We yes. may not win. We understand that we're not going to win a championship right now. But every team that we play, especially at home, we're going to, to, to bring our highest and best to that game. And that's what I feel like the difference is in, in some of these groups around the league versus this group that, that we have here in Salt Lake. I don't feel like on a nightly basis you get their highest and best effort. And I understand right now, without Don and Rudy, there's a lot of adversity. There's a lot of downtroddenness. There's a lot of negativity. Okay, I understand that. But even before the injuries, there were times, like the Joe Ingles moment, there were times when when you know you had guys who were not trying their absolute best. And like with Jordan Clarkson, he's a good example. Sometimes I wonder, hey, man, when are you going to be committed to stop turning the basketball over? When are you going to simply say, okay, I'm not going to turn the basketball over. I'm going to prioritize taking care of the rock, and passing the ball. And my coach shouldn't have to wring my neck to pass it to the opposite wing to Bogey, who's standing wide open by, like, five feet. Like, those are the things that I wonder about this group. And that's why I say it all comes back to the lack of leadership on the team. That's where it all comes back to. I'm, man, I'm sitting here contemplating Anthony Edwards over Donovan Mitchell. That's a lot closer than I thought it would be. Anthony Edwards has size. Anthony Edwards can get two shots that Donovan can't. He's more explosive than Donovan is. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that everybody talks about with Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Um, I was I did a radio show the other day um, in New York, and they asked me if Donovan Mitchell was an explosive player. I don't think he's like a – he's not explosive the same way Edwards or Ja. Well, and I or... said – what I, my answer to that question was I don't think he's dunking on guys. I don't think he's a body snatcher. But, you know, if he if he if you give him space in the paint, he can dunk. But Donovan Mitchell, it's interesting. Donovan Mitchell plays old man basketball. Meaning meaning that he's not a guy that he's not your prototypical explosive player. Mm-hmm. He's much more stylistically, he's much more Clay Thompson, Steph Curry than he is Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Like he's much more of a guy that relies on his shot rather than his athletic ability, right? So Anthony Edwards, frankly, I just watched a bunch of him this last week. So it's fresh in my mind, but he's a guy that wants to injure you every single time. He's a lot closer to John Morant. Like they want to dunk on you, but they also want to beat you with their jumper. Yeah. And Anthony Edwards just is not great in the mid range. He's found the ability now. And, and everybody in Minnesota talks about how he and Malik Beasley are working together to develop their three point game. Like, there's a lot of like formation happening in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. You can see him growing leaps and bounds. What you see in Donovan Mitchell is he's working on range at the three and off the dribble. He's not trying to get to the basket nearly as much because I think he's worried about his health. He can, but he's not an ex- explosive player. Anyway, my point is yeah. I think Don and Anthony Edwards are a lot closer than you think. 
Yeah. I, it, it, I, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Donovan and his crew aren't hungry enough on a consistent basis, Josh Loverin says. I don't disagree yeah, see, with I, that. I agree with that, yeah. Jordan McDonald says Anthony Edwards isn't the passer shooter that Mitchell is. Well, I, I got news for you. Yeah, you better, I disagree, dude. You better watch because he's shooting the ball exceptionally well. Get on, get on well. YouTube and go and do your homework. Ooh, I'm telling you, He dude. is. Jordan, He. I'm telling you, Anthony Edwards is shooting really well. Austin Lewis says maybe the Xbox should go to the Jazz so they have at least one trade asset. Oh, my God. Uh, eBay, the sofa server says Don is explosive. He has the Twitch movement like John Rozier. I, I don't think, no, he's not as explosive as John. He's not. No, he, if he is, I mean, there are people around the NBA who wonder if he can still dunk on a guy. Donovan Mitchell's got a good first step. He does. He can be a problem for you with his ball handling and creating his own shot. That's where he's got explosiveness and a good first step, but he's not a high-flying guy anymore. That's not his and, game. And by the way, more than one NBA source has told me he's not over the ankle, that that ankle is still a problem for him. And I wonder if it took some of his explosiveness from him. And I think that's why I said I, I, you're not winning a championship this year. I don't even know that you're going to win a playoff series this year. Yeah. If you're in the five instead of the four. Different world. You're in real trouble. You are in real trouble. If you are the five instead of at, the four. Dude, at your best last year, you couldn't win at home in the playoffs. Yeah. Jordan McDonald says, don't uh, Don can't jump off one foot, which forces him to be more crafty in the paint. Uh, that I agree with. Jeremy Bolton says, I'd take Jay Crowder over Donnie. Stop. Kay Nuren says, you're right there. You're right. There is no fire or fight on this team. Give me someone who, who will kill to win. Yeah. Trade Gobert for Kaminga. Yeah, because they'll do that. They'll do that. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, Kaminga's going to be a Come star. on, man. Oh, God. Here we go with the the bots are out in force. Look at YouTube hiding the bots. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right. It's 720. We, we got to give moving. away this Xbox. We got to start moving here. We got to give away this Xbox. Yeah, we got Xbox. things to talk about. Um. Okay, let's do it. Um. Time to give away the Xbox Series X. Um, as you can see in this box, we have the box. We you have know, a we stuff. have a, a ton of names in this box, and I'll mix them up, dude, bro. I literally so what I do is I print out all the names, mm -hmm. and you know, obviously the folks who bought shirts got five times entries, and like so, I'm literally last night printing out like page after page after page after page, and cutting all these names up and putting them in the box, so we have these little tabs to choose from. Bro, like, you guys have been amazing, like, as far as subscribing and, and, and getting into win and, like. And I just want people to see that, that hello, I am mixing hello. this up. I just want yeah. people to see that. And, all again, I want to make sure people know, all the folks who bought shirts got their entries in there. So, if you bought a shirt, you got five times entries. We tracked it. We made sure to include that. Like, we're, we're, we're on it. So, he's, okay, so we have a name. We have a name. Oh, fuck. Okay, no, I. <laughs> Oh, I, okay. So, what's wrong? No, oh, this is gonna be terrible. Come on, man. <laughs> we're we're shipping this to Timbuktu. I guarantee it. This is this is gonna be terrible. I I guarantee you that this is getting shipped to like you know Jamaica or something. This is this is gonna be this is gonna be one of this is gonna be insufferable. This is absolutely going to be. I should redraw this name. I'm telling you right now, because this, this guy, code board. this guy is going to be a terrible as a winner. Okay. We will never hear the end of this. Okay. I would rather, I would rather pay shipping to 
Istanbul or the Philippines. Well, hey. Dadgummit. Should I, let me show it to you first. Oh, come on. <laughs> God damn it. Come on. Oh, no. Bro. The name is Tanner Plummer. Come on, bro. <laughs> Tanner Plummer won the Xbox. Okay, sh- bro, we should vote. Put it to a damn vote. We should put it to vote. a vote. We cannot give it to Tanner. First of all, I need a Tanner voice. I need a. I guys, need a fr- guys, 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 guys. Come on, man. Oh. He did buy a T-shirt, so he, he did. got. He got five. T- I told you. Five did to I not? One. When he was digging through the box, <laughs> by the way, I the T-shirt say, guy won. Did I not say? That all the five oh, times entries man. are in the box. This is what happens. See? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> like. Um, we cannot give it to Tanner. We can. We can. Is Tanner listening today? I, I don't know. Is Tanner here? I haven't seen Tanner in the comments yet. I do not see him. I, Bro. you know. I don't even know what you. I. Okay. Well, I mean, we drew his name. We have to give it to him. I mean, we- okay. Just for just for just for fun's sake, I want to put. The, we're going to give it to Tanner, but I want to put it to a vote. How many people, if it was an option, would have us redraw? Because uh, it's Tanner. <laughs> guys, 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 guys. I'm going to say this again. Well, there you go. Tanner Plummer won the Xbox Series X. Um, by the way, we were we are close uh, on a new design. Uh, for a t-shirt drop, our, our t-shirt artist was on. We actually use a local artist. We got a guy who draws the graphics for us. Yeah, he was on vacation last week, so he is back in town. So we are we're scheduled to meet this week, and we, we should have a t-shirt done for you uh, next week. Um, but we always, anytime you buy merch from us, you get five to one entries uh, to win. Um, always be subscribed to the channel, please. Always, um, you know, always follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The Monty Show, M O N T Y. The Monty Show. Jake is S L C Supercar. Has Tanner, so has Tanner commented yet? Tanner is not commented yet. Should we redraw before he knows he won? Maybe we should. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I, 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 I'm shocked. It's incredible. I, I mean, seriously, like, again, I spent probably two hours cutting paper last night for all yeah. these five times entries and, like, getting everybody in the box. And, Dane like, makes a good point. I think he needs to be present to win. Yeah, hey, you know, uh, Gre- is Tanner Plummer present? <laughs> Brylark's like, redraw for sure. Kona's like, you should redraw. <laughs> We're not – I'm kidding. I say it, kidding. We, we would never do that. Tanner won the Xbox. Greg Hawkins says no redraw. No, Congrats, Tanner. How much can I buy it off you for? Austin says give it to Tanner. No redraw. No redraw. He won. I feel like the Russian in the poker movie. Give the man his Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. What is that? Round, is that Rounders? I don't know. With uh, John Malkovich. Yeah. Uh, whatever it was. Uh, what a scam. First Grocock, now the BMX loving F. <laughs> hey, uh, listen, listen. Do the Here's entries. my point. Here's my point. Yes. Oh, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's what I was going to Do the about. entries carry over? Yes, yes they, they do. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And what's next? Well, let me move this. Here's what I'm going to say before I take out the next prize. Again, every shirt you buy, right? And we don't make a ton of money on shirts. So, you know, just telling you, it's literally like 
five bucks, I think, or three dollars or something. It's not anything crazy. Look at but how every, much space is on bro, the table. Wow. <laughs> wow. Size does matter. Wow. Okay. It does matter. Um, my point is, is that Tanner bought a shirt, and we had many people buy shirts, and all those people got five times entries. So if you bought a shirt already, when we drop the next one, you can buy another shirt, and you have yeah. ten times entries. So that's what I'm saying. The more entries, the more opportunity you have to win. So, again, I'm just pointing that out. Wow, Quentin Moyer says, if you give me the Xbox, whenever you come to Texas Roadhouse in South Jordan, I'll give you 50% off employee discount every time you come in. Bro, is Texas Roadhouse still making the awesome bread? That's what I yeah, remember about Texas, Texas Toast. Tex no, 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 no. They have, um, they have, um, it's not toast. It's like, um, it's like rolls, rolls, buttered rolls. Yeah, no kidding. Greg Hawkins makes a great point. Classic Tanner, the one day he wins, he isn't here. Yeah, where the hell is Tanner? Where is Tanner? Where is this guy? Come on, Tanner. Jamoke. I cannot believe Tanner Plummer won. What a jamoke. I cannot believe Tanner You're Plummer casual. won. Yeah, I get free rolls every time I work, he Damn, says. Damn, they're so good, bro. The buttered bread there is the calling card, it's eBay the so Silver Server says. good. Jeremy Bolton says in the Tanner voice, guys, 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 what is better, the Xbox? X with a 58,200 million turbo speed <laughs> dual converter card or the PS5 with 9,203 triple threat speed card? Um... Kona says, Texas Roadhouse is good, though. Caleb says, I'm dead. Thanks for the giveaway. Y'all are fun as hell. <laughs> Giggity says, Tanner's going to really get it in the comments now. <laughs> exactly. James says, I want three shirts, LOL. Exactly Hey, right. let's go, man. Venmo, exactly the right. Monty Show underscore. I, Casey, I don't know. Where is, is Tanner dead? Like, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess we just gave up an Xbox to Tanner's estate. I don't know. Where the heck is Tanner? Someone turn on the Tanner signal. Yeah. Tanner, where are we at, bro? Where are we the, at, dude? I'm telling you, the guy is a legend on this show. So, okay, here's what we're doing. Yeah. So the PS5, here's the giveaway. The PS5 is a TikTok YouTube giveaway. You must be subscribed and you must follow on TikTok, the Monty Show underscore. Now, here's what could help your chances <coughs> because it's TikTok. You do have the opportunity to make some comment and tag us in it. Yes. Somebody wants to go crazy. Someone wants to go ham. Like, uh, again, I'll reference what Cody Strickland did over the holidays. Cody Strickland won our, uh, what was it, Xbox Series S from us. He's a giveaway winner. What he did, he laid down naked in front of his Christmas tree with a sign that said he wanted to win it. What do you know? He won it. He won it. Funny how that works, isn't it? Quentin Moyer says, Monty and Jake, if y'all ever come over to Texas Roadhouse off 4,000 West, I can throw a rock and hit yeah, your store. Yeah, I know exactly here. where you are, bro. Uh, in South Jordan, I can get you that discount. Uh, Kona says, you have a TikTok? Yes, I oh have a TikTok. Oh, my God, yes, we have a TikTok. Yes, on. we've only been on TikTok for like six months, but uh, I think we're we're over 3,000 So here's followers the deal now. with TikTok, though. Here's the deal. What you have to understand is TikTok's different, right? On the show, we're talking sports. We're giving you the takes. Like, the, the show is very sports We're giving you takes. Right. Uh, we're pissing people off. You know, it's just what we do. But on TikTok, it's a little bit different. You're getting more lifestyle. You're getting more behind the scenes. You're getting more of that type of angle. So it is kind of fun. You see what we do in the gym. You yeah, see, it's gym, snowboarding, I motivation mean, stuff. You're like, going to see the trips we go on, like when we're doing the show on the road in, in, in two weeks. <laughs> Rec1 says subscribing to TikTok isn't worth a PS5. Sorry, guys. Yeah, well. Well, hey. go find yourself a PS5. I mean, this thing's 8K. It's yeah. got 825 gigs. Your mom, like, yeah. play like never before. Yeah. We're going to give it away when we get to – it's either one of the thresholds. We either get to 5,000 subscribers uh, uh, or followers on TikTok or 4,000 
um, subscribers on YouTube. And again, again, I just want to point this out. Every shirt you buy is five times entries. They're not yep. expensive. Yep. We ship them every so, Saturday. And we ship internationally. We do ship internationally, correct? Yeah. So, all right, let's go ahead and um, um, let's go ahead and talk about the best professional athlete ever. Yeah. Real quick, because I want to talk about Tom Brady. Where are you at? Who's the best professional athlete ever? Um, I would go ahead and say uh, Jordan is probably the best one ever. When I when I so the first thing when we start talking about this topic that I was thinking about is what really defines the best ever? Is it winning a championship? Is it changing the culture of your given league? Is it, you know, being on social media and being the guy that interacts with fans constantly? Like, what is it? And so I inevitably come back to it's winning because they wouldn't be there if they didn't want to win. Tiger Woods wouldn't have put all that time into his craft if he didn't love the game and didn't want to win. So then I start comparing the best ever. Okay, so we've got Tiger. We've got Jordan. We've got Tom Brady. We've got Ted Williams. You know, you've got, uh, like, Sean White's one of the best snowboarders ever. You've got the Nyjah Houston's one of the best skateboarders ever. You've got Lewis Hamilton, one of the best F1, if not the best F1 driver ever. So then you you take that group and you start thinking about, okay, well, how did they change their their given culture and how much did they win? Lewis Hamilton is one is I think does either has the most or is tied for the most championships in F1. Jordan is undefeated in the NBA finals, right? Tom Brady has the most rings in his sport. So I think what defines it is how much you've won. That's what I think. You know, um, like I, would, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I think one of the interesting things is like Michael Phelps. Yeah. Michael Phelps is a great example. But I think what, what Tom Brady's done winning <laughs> – I mean, seven championships. <clears throat> I, I can't imagine that ever happening in the NFL again. Um, Michael Jordan certainly would be. Listen, I grew up in Chicago. I love Michael Jordan. That's my guy. Um, Tom Brady is the best professional athlete ever. Who's the best baseball player ever? It's got to be. I mean, Ted Williams. He's one. Ted Williams he's is one there. Of the most dominant hitters ever. I think. I think uh, in modern times, Jeter's got to be there simply because. Uh, of how much he's won and because of the moment and and I feel like it's forgotten a lot but getting 3,000 hits like the way he did the 3,000s hit with the home run off David yeah. Price in Yankee Stadium like it was just legendary stuff man the, like, but but see again and I agree someone who just said that I was you took the words out of my mouth eBay Ted Williams is frozen in antifreeze in Arizona somewhere and my feeling is and obviously I think it's conjecture but the best baseball player ever is Willie Mays in my opinion mm-hmm I he has not accomplished what Tom Brady's accomplished. I think about the best hockey player ever. Um, who did you say it was this morning? Mm, I don't even remember the guy's name. Uh, Henry so Rickard. Um, it's Henry Rocket Richard, you punk. Well, and I think Wayne Gretzky's the best hockey player yeah, ever. Casual. And I think what Tom Brady's done is is I just think it's so hard. Football hurts so much. I think Brady and Jordan are on the same level. I think I think. The only difference between the two is Brady's won the most in his given sport. Yes. But I think the way the domination of their given sport uh, is really kind of next level compared to all these other candidates. And I think the other thing that works in Jordan's favor is he didn't have to play for 20 years to do what he did. That's right. You know, he 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 won his rings in, in pretty short order in terms of sports timelines. I mean, most guys, again, you look at LeBron, I mean, he's approaching – 20 seasons i mean you're 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 he's just playing 
for so long, and I feel like that never gets talked about. And it's not a knock against LeBron. It's absolutely to his credit. Absolutely. You know, your longevity in the sport absolutely matters. But I just think that that Michael Jordan and the way he dominated the game uh, was a little bit different. And that's why I put him next to next to Tom. So I think it's between those two. And, and I think after that, it's kind of all conjecture and opinion. I, I think those are the two that I'd point to. Yeah, and I agree with Greg Hawkins. Muhammad Ali's got to be in the conversation. But you know what? I, I, I think, you know, he's he's arguably the greatest heavyweight champion ever. I, I just think it's so difficult to do what Tom Brady's done. Mm-hmm. It, to play that long, to play that long at the highest level. Tom Brady pretty much from his first throw was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And then through most of his career, he was the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. He's the most clutch quarterback, I think, in the history of the NFL. Um, he's got the wins. He's got a dynasty. He's gone multiple places in one. Like, yep. I just think it's really difficult to overcome that. I, and I think what Muhammad Ali's uh, done is incredible. I, I mean, 61 wins, 37 knockouts, um, or 56 wins, 37 knockouts, 61 fights. Um, you know, I think he only lost five times. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the guy just, the guy's unbelievable. And I I just, I mean, I just, that's how much and how further ahead Tom Brady is. Now you want to talk about Muhammad Ali versus Michael Jordan. Okay. We can do that. Um, but I just don't, I don't think there's anybody even in the sphere. I mean, in recent times, obviously Derek Jeter, number two, number two, uh, obviously Derek Jeter is, I think the best modern day baseball player, uh, five rings in New York over different generations. Um, you know, in the NBA, obviously, you know, Kobe LeBron, I think Jordan is far and away the best basketball player ever. Um, he's the standard. I mean, it's just so difficult. Who knows what a guy like Connor McDavid's going to be when he's done, he's got to win a ring. Um, you know, I just think that Tom Brady's so far ahead of all those guys. Yeah. It is It is truly amazing. Uh, Brylark says, I'm still saying Michael Phelps. He only got to compete at the highest level every four years and racked up enough medals to make it sound like it was every year. Congrats, Tanner. I think that's a great point. Brylark I mean, says, I, yeah. I think that's a great point. Up, oh, Tanner's here. Well, well, well. Look who decided to show up. Right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Quentin Moyer says, Brady's wife's kind of hot, too. Hey, man. He, he goes home and gets Giselle's bunched in? Absolutely. All night long. Tanner says, wait, I won the Xbox, but I didn't put my name in. Well, you did, and you bought a shirt, Tanner. What are you talking about? Yeah. When you're See, subscribed how, to the bro, channel and you buy a shirt. Bro, you don't even know the rules to the contest oblivious, you won. How are you this dog? Like, how are you? This is incredible. This is a, this is a we new, should redraw it. This is I mean, we this is incredible. It. There it is right there. When Tanner says, I didn't even put my name in. Never. The whole contest was buy a shirt and you get five to one. What do you mean? Did you buy a shirt, Tanner? Yes. Yes. Uh, you had five entries. Did you post a picture of the message I wrote to you on a Ziploc bag? Yes. Yes. Like, what you're do you casual. Mean? Come on, guy. Sounds like he doesn't want the Xbox. Time to redraw, Giggity <laughs> says. Exactly right. Exactly right. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, man. Jordan McDonald says, Jeremy, I bought mine on StockX. Totally curious how... How did you get a hold of the Xbox? I've been legitimately trying for one for over a year now. How we got a hold of it was we um, we follow um, Soul Links on Twitter, and I have an alert, and they tweet every time somebody's selling an Xbox. So I got mine at Best Buy, 
Um, that's how we got the PS5. There's a PS5 stock alert on Twitter. Follow those accounts. You can get them. Like we got this one at Walmart, I think. Target. Target. And I got the Xbox at Walmart. Typically, that's where I got the it. thing you got to understand about these releases, too, is that they come in waves because of uh, supply chain yes. issues and all that. So they're not just always, obviously, as you know, they're not always readily available. So what you have to do is, A, you got to have, you got to constantly have your wallet around. Oh, right? breaking news. What? Tom Brady has officially now announced his retirement from the NFL. Okay, there you Adam go. Adam Schefter is undefeated. There you go. Um, yeah, Tom Brady officially announced his retirement just moments ago. So there you have it. Yeah, it's it's and you know what? Real quick to wrap that up because we got to get to Joe Rogan here. But to yeah. wrap that up real quick, I hope we appreciated Tom Brady while he was playing. Yeah, I, I and I've had the great fortune of of being around guys, so I appreciate the best of the best. Yeah, that's why I tell you watch Kevin Durant. This is why I tell you watch Michael Jordan. Watch appreciate LeBron James for what he's doing. It's unprecedented. We've never seen it before. Yeah. Appreciate Tom Brady cuz now it's over and he's officially retired. Uh but yeah, if you you know follow the uh, follow the accounts on Twitter, Jeremy, you'll be able to get one. Yep. Um Soul Links on Twitter and PS5 release on Twitter. But I will say you have to be ready to pull the trigger like ASAP yeah, when get, they release. Yeah. Get you their cannot. notifications. Click the Twitter bell on those guys. Yeah. Because they will they will notify you. Also, sorry I'm late. I had a long day yesterday, so I needed to sleep in. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, there whatever. you go. Whatever. The whatever, Tanner. Yeah. Jerk. Who lives in Orem? Anyway. There you go. Didn't nice Xbox. Or Lehigh. He said Lehigh. Orem? I don't freaking know. Tanner said he lived in Orem or Lehigh. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Um <laughs> let's talk about Joe Rogan, because I think this is a big topic. Um how credible is Joe Rogan? How important is Joe Rogan? 11 million downloads an episode, 100 million, 190 million downloads a month. That's incredible. 100 million downloads a month. What the hell is your Alexa, stop. She is she's playing the the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, all right, let's Joe so you know that Joe Rogan has had several controversial guests on his show. Mhm. Um, uh, uh, mostly about COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, and those guests have made really outlandish comments that have been proven false to the point where now Neil Young and a bunch of artists have pulled their catalogs off of Spotify. Yeah. And there is a movement to, you know, whatever you want to say, delist or, you know, damage Joe Rogan's following. Yeah. Which by the way, I think only helps his following. Um, but Joe Rogan came out and issued a pseudo it's apology is not the right word. He issued, he issued a statement yeah. on the controversy around his podcast. I think there's a lot of people that have a distorted perception of what I do, maybe based on sound bites or based on headlines of articles that are disparaging. Um, the podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation. The problem I have with the term misinformation, especially today, is that many of the things that we thought of as misinformation just a short while ago are now accepted as fact. Like, for instance, eight months ago, if you said, if you get vaccinated, you can still catch COVID and you can still spread COVID, you would be removed from social media. They would, they would ban you from certain platforms. Now, that's accepted as fact. If you said, I don't think cloth masks work, you would be banned from social media. Now, that's openly and repeatedly stated on CNN. If you said, I think it's possible that COVID-19 came from a lab, you'd be banned 
from many social media platforms. Now that's on the cover of Newsweek. Okay, first of all, people have debated the the legitimacy of vaccines, and it it's not it, you're not getting deplatformed from Twitter because you say that cloth masks don't work. Dangerous misinformation. Like that's just not true. And this is this is this is another example of Joe Rogan gets it. He is exceptional yes. at what he does. Yes, he is. Right? Nobody's getting kicked off of Twitter or YouTube for saying that they don't believe in something. It's it's not that you state it as an opinion. Joe Rogan state, had guests on his show and stated misinformation as fact. The podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation. I mean, like, you know, like obviously his stuff with ivermectin, um, you know, you, you look at the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Um, you know, the, the, the issue is like ivermectin is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Many people tout ivermectin as a COVID treatment. Well, the problem is, is ivermectin sales have gone through the roof. People are, are getting very sick from being poisoned by ivermectin. So it's not something that you can just go and acquire on the black market, which many people do. Um, you know, like it is, it, it, it is to the point where we don't believe the U.S. Food and Drug Administration or the Centers for Disease Control. We more believe Joe Rogan. That's to the point. Like, we've stopped listening to science. Yeah. And people have started listening to Joe Rogan. Yeah, and so, number one, I mean, I, I, first of all, I think, you know, kind of what you were saying, like, I think that's a credit to Joe Rogan's ability yes. as, a, as a podcaster. Absolutely. Like, I think that that is... That's really well done by him, number one. But then number two, I, I think, you know, the first thing that I would ask is, you know, uh, and I'd love to hear this in the comments, like, like how much credibility do you put behind, you know, Joe, Joe Rogan's word or like his interviews or like what, you know, kind of what he he does? I mean, because because I'm not, you know, having this conversation, I'm not really interested in having like a bash Joe Rogan conversation. If you pay attention and, and you're in the cycle and you're and you're watching this story unfold. You know that Joe Rogan has on his show said some things that are not true. You also know that he said some things on his show that maybe are true, right? But the issue is, is that people are taking what Joe Rogan says just as fact without any kind of, any sort of, yeah. like, digging into that. So the people who disagree with what Joe Rogan is saying are leaving Spotify's platform over it because obviously Spotify has a large investment in Joe Rogan. So the question I think really is, is like how much effort are we willing to put into to, you know, I guess if you want to call it fact checking, but more for the average person, I like to call it just actually formally formulating your own opinion on something rather yeah. than just saying, oh, well, Joe well, Rogan said it. I mean, the one thing that I think a lot of people latched onto early was, well, if you're, you know, if you're 20 years old and you're healthy and you ask me if you should get a vaccine, the answer is no. Well, I mean, just in the last month, the first month of 2022, I think it was um, the first month of 2022, you've had 39 deaths in people 20 to 29 years old. And from 20 to 39 years old, you have 217 deaths from COVID. Um, right? Like, I mean, you, that's look, a lot, at, you look at those numbers, you, you, and he's telling people, well, if, if you're young and you're healthy, you don't need a COVID vaccine. People, people from 20 to 39 are getting very sick. Now, are they dying? Well, no, thankfully, Omicron is not as dangerous as Delta was. Yeah. But Delta absolutely killed 20-year-olds that were perfectly healthy. Yep. Like, I mean, it is— Which is why I think there was a lot of fear in the community about it, I, I just, speaking. You know, like, you, you have all of these people um, that, you know, like, he tried to dispel this heart muscle inflammation thing. 
which is which is uh, I, I believe it's myocarditis is the the technical science mm. term. Um, you know, saying that the risk of myocarditis among vaccinated 12 to 17 year olds was higher than the risk associated with catching COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, young males, as argued by a guest, and this is really where Joe Rogan started getting into wading off to deeper water that he was not comfortable swimming in. All right. He had uh, a guest on um, from Australia that talked about the fact that uh, young males infected with the virus, COVID virus, were up to six times more likely to get myocarditis as those who had, who had received the vaccine. And Rogan tried to argue that fact with him and got crushed for it. Yeah, Joe Rogan, the issue is that Joe Rogan, he's not a doctor and he's not a scientist. Mm-hmm. What he does for himself is, is not widely recommended for you to do with everybody else, but he states those things as facts. Yeah, and that's where you get in trouble. And and I think, you know, like it, it is, you know, like talking about ivermectin, the ivermectin thing is probably his most controversial thing because Aaron Rodgers picked up on it. And he talked about how ivermectin um, can, can make COVID extinct. There is zero evidence of that. There is zero evidence of that. Um, there are, there's no research, there's no study that shows that ivermectin, um, truly absolutely is, is effective against COVID. But here's what we have though. So that, so that claim is obviously false as you know, everything it's, you know, there's a lot of evidence that says that claim is false, but I, but I think the more damaging thing in this conversation is not that Joe is saying this stuff. The more damaging thing is that his, you know, 11 million, you know, you know, episode downloads and 190 million monthly downloads, those people downloading the show believe what he's saying. And that's the thing. That's what, that's what I think Joe Rogan is still trying to, you know, grapple with on some level. Okay. How can I push the envelope here? And how can I, how can I, cause I don't, I don't blame him for wanting to have a, like for wanting to interview and have conversations with people regardless of their opinions whether he agrees with them or disagrees with them that's not the point he's trying to have the conversation on the show yes i don't disagree with that logic i think that provides great entertainment value but for joe rogan he has got to be careful here because of the spotify dynamic because he's not just doing he's not unbranded anymore just kind of doing his own thing like us like we could we could come out here and say that donald trump was was 100 percent right and and everything and piss everybody off and we can do all that and there's not a damn thing anybody can do about it right but but because joe is now bought by spotify and he's on that platform and they're paying him 10 million dollars a year do that anymore and now spotify has attached a warning to his podcast yeah and that's really unfortunate because I think I, I have listened to Joe Rogan for a long time. Yeah, and so and this is a this is the part of the conversation I think is fascinating and, and, and I think a lot of people will relate to. So you were a Joe Rogan fan for a while. I was, and then through this COVID thing, like the I got off the Joe Rogan podcast when he started talking about how vaccines changed your DNA and Infowars.com. He, he talked about how the vaccines were gene therapy, and that's just where I got off because it's that to me, you have to rely on science at some point in time. Yeah. Vaccines do not rewrite your DNA. They don't. What va- what this vaccine does is it forces your immune system to, and I think the way I read it last night was it forces your immune system to remember the virus that it had battled. Yeah. And when it remembers the fight that it had, it will remember it for a very short time. 
so that when it sees it again, it will spike and fight that virus again. Mm -hmm. It's not rewriting your genes. And when he said that, it really, I stopped working. I was, I listened to the podcast. I was listening to Joe Rogan while I was working. I stopped working and researched it. And it's out there a thousand different ways from a thousand different sources from JAMA to the New England Journal of Medicine to Oxford. Like yeah, dude. everybody agrees that the vaccines are not gene therapy. They are not rewriting your DNA. Yeah. Yet he stand. That's where I got off the Joe Rogan train. Yeah. And it, it to me, I, when he's not talking about COVID, he's exceptional. I enjoy his show. I like hearing him interview people about, you know, space, science, technology, sports. When he had, you know, when he had Aaron Rodgers on his show, it's must listen. You know, but now, honestly, I've replaced Joe Rogan with Pat McAfee. Mm -hmm. I listen to Pat McAfee's show every day. Let me ask this question, just to all the people, because I'd love to get some answers in the comments about this. How many people are, I guess, you know, tired of hearing about the, or tired of listening to the the COVID conversation, whether it be on Joe Rogan's podcast or our podcast or any, like any, like any podcast you listen to, does it, are you at a place where when that comes up, you, you like, you're turning it off? You're burned out on it. Or like, where are you at on that? I would love to hear some people talk about that in the comments. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I just, it's frustrating to me that we don't, we don't listen to science anymore. You know, like, I mean, if you don't listen, I would encourage you to listen to the Pat McAfee podcast. Um, if you don't have the Sirius XM app, I, I mean, I, I would tell you to get it just so you can hear it live, but he podcasts a show every day. I, I mean, it's Pat McAfee's a, a very entertaining show. Yeah. Um, even when he's not talking football, it's very entertaining. He, he just is a normal guy. Chris Carn says Joe Rogan has no social responsibility. None. Zero. I, I, I don't disagree with that. But the problem is Spotify does. Yeah. Uh, Brylark says Pat is an absolute legend. Uh, Pat McAfee on Joe Rogan's podcast was epic. It was. Greg Hawkins says, I watch U.S.-based COVID media with sort of horrified, wide-eyed fascination. Equal parts sensationalism and factoids, bizarre stuff. It truly is. That you can't watch CNN and Fox News and think you're being educated and given facts. How sad is that? Very. Uh, it, it's like I can't watch Fox News. I can't watch CNN because I don't believe what they're saying. That and it's 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 terrible. Yeah. You know, like I I it's it's terrible. Um, the casual says I'll have to check out Pat McAfee. You absolutely yeah, should. Yeah, it's a good show, dude. If COVID is talked about, I tune out no matter the side. Yeah, I, Greg, yeah, I agree see, with and that's that. That's what I mean. Like Greg I Hale. There's yeah. a lot of that, dude, and and I I don't even disagree with that with that logic. And 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 again, as I was saying earlier when we were talking jazz, like we have talked COVID on this show before yes. and gotten really deep and really into it. And 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 um, I think that those conversations tend to get get pretty intense. You know, those conversations tend to to bring out some individuals in the comments that are a little obtuse, if you will. So I just think that yeah. the COVID conversation, there is a lot of burnout on that. And and I think we're at a place now, in my opinion, where, where I think people are just kind of over COVID, generally speaking, whether it's conversation in the media, whether it's wearing masks, like vaccines, like we're just tired of the damn conversation. Uh, Barry says, I listen to two podcasts regularly, your show and Locked On uh, Jazz with David Locke. Uh, my front, whoa. Sorry, my bad. My frustration is that David Locke is so far over the top, so I listen to him about once or twice uh, a month now. Um, and I've replaced that with Pat McAfee after you guys talked about it 
um, before your trip to Hawaii. Yeah, Pat, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, Pat's show is Pat's great, man. legendary. I mean, I, I, mean I, I, think, I think Pat, Pat, you know, has done a, a great job of, of, of creating a product that's easy to listen to uh, and is entertaining. And that goes, that goes, that also goes again. That also goes for Joe Rogan, though. I think we need to, we need to make sure people understand like where we're at on Joe. Like Joe has a great show. I agree yeah, I with love, you I though. Like, like what you lot. were saying, when he rolls out into the COVID land, it goes sideways. Something terrible. I turn. I can't listen to it. Yeah. And I've stopped listening to it honestly because now I don't have a lot of time during the day. Like I, I listen to Pat McAfee. I listen to our show, and then generally I am listening to either the score in Chicago. Like I listen to sports talk the rest of the day. Either I can't listen locally because it's just frustrating. Um, but I listen to the score in Chicago. I'll listen to a lot of times I'll, I'll listen to, uh, ESPN, um, uh, in New York, Michael Kay's show is really good. I enjoy it. Uh, but other than that, I listen to music and the day flies by so it fast, does. frankly, it does. So when I, when, when I turn off a podcast, it's hard to get back to that podcast. Exactly. So, and frankly, we've talked about this. That's why we don't talk about COVID much. That's why we don't wade into politics much. Yeah. It's got to be like an earth-shattering political thing for us to bring it up. Or Joe Rogan. We've stopped talking about COVID pretty much altogether because it just causes so much tension. Yeah. And it's just, for me, it's not enjoyable yeah. to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, real quick, five minutes to go here. I want to talk about weddings. Mm -hmm. Because there was a new story out that millennials are not are not having big weddings. Um, mm -hmm. And I should say, Steve Holler, real quick. I don't see your comments. YouTube is is filtering a lot of the comments. There's probably a dozen comments here that are filtered. So Steve Holler, it tells me that it's it's putting you in timeout. Um, so I don't know what you're saying in your comment. I can't see it, but I just want you to know that's not us putting you in timeout. That's YouTube. So my guess is you're saying things that you shouldn't say. Um, you know, I just think. Okay, wait. Chris Carn says Monty show Shapiro show six seventy the score. That's about all I have time for. Yeah, I agree. Casual says I mostly watch the Monty show. COVID is not an enjoyable topic. Is Jake getting married? No. Tanner says weddings are fun. Planning for them sucks. Um, millennials are not having big weddings anymore. Right. What they're doing is they're doing either courthouse or small ceremonies, mm -hmm. and they are saving their money. They're putting the twenty five grand in the bank. They're buying smaller rings. The average uh, engagement ring is $1,000 or less now. Can you get a diamond for $1,000 uh, or less? Apparently. Apparently. <coughs> I'm hey. not educated on, on rings yet, man. I ain't there yet. You're, you're, you're moving along. Moving along. Yeah. Well, like, what would you spend on a wedding? Like, what would your wedding be? Uh, it'll be low-key, like those, like this article said. I mean, I, I'm not doing the... I'm not doing the huge, huge wedding. I think it's just, I think it's played. I think it's, I think it's back in the day at this point. I think that if you want a big wedding, that's great. I don't hold that against you, but um, I'd rather do a small wedding and spend racks on, on the honeymoon. That's what I'd rather do. Yep. I would rather show my guests a good time at the, you know, the party or whatever after the wedding, after the, you know, ceremony. And then, and then, you know, <laughs> go on a nice honeymoon. Chris Carn says, uh, I have four girls, so this is music to my ears. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, and, save and again, your money. And I don't, we don't have time to get into uh, again. We don't have time to get into responsibilities. If you have a daughter, if you have a son like that, that is a conversation within this topic. But I think that the overreaching point is, is that there's not. Listen, millennials got punched in the face financially growing up, meaning we were handed everything as kids. 
Then we were told, hey, you got to go to college, rack up all this debt, and that's the only way you're ever going to live a life and be happy. So what did most millennials do? They went to college hoping for the best. They got their piece of paper, and then and then they got screwed because they couldn't find a, a job worth a damn. Or Correct. The, or the, the degree they got is completely useless, and now they got to go and start at the bottom in an office setting. And, and so now we're at a point where, and I'm at this point too, I'm not real interested in in pissing away money on flowers for a wedding. I'm not. I'm not real well, interested in that. One of the most expensive things we did was was a wedding cake. Yeah. At our wedding. Now, granted, I got married in 2001. Uh, but I remember we, we were deciding, do we want to pay for chocolate roses on our cake? Because it was really expensive. Like, yeah. I just don't think people should have that kind of pressure. And I think... You know, again, in Utah, it's different because we have the LDS community and, yes. you know, being married in the temple is really important to families. God bless. Yeah, being married in the temple is really important to families. And that's a that's a different process altogether. Think about the money, the time, the effort that goes into putting something like a temple wedding together. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have the, the beyond the wedding, beyond the, you know, family gathering, beyond the honeymoon, beyond the endowment, beyond like. You just have all this money. Yeah. And I think much more to your point, I just renewed my vows in November in, in Maui. If I could do it over again, I would grab my wife, get on a plane, go to Hawaii, get married on a beach and party my ass off for a week. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's I don't know what, what I would be doing. Like, and, and, and I know some people are probably thinking, well, don't you want all your friends in your circle to, to be there? It's like, I guess, I mean, I, I guess if that's how we're approaching it, but I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, I mean, yeah, sure. The inner circle needs to know, but it's but that thing right there. Well, don't you want your friends and family there? Maybe I don't. And why do I have to? Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe I just want it to be me and my wife and maybe two or three friends. Maybe I just want it to be me and my wife, period. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't have to. And I think that's the thing that so many people get lost in is what you have to do, mm -hmm. what you should do. Mm -hmm. Mom, grandmother, aunts, uncles, your friend Teddy from fourth grade who you haven't talked to since fourth grade. Yeah, well, well like, it's like, I mean, we're going why? to, um, you know, we're going to Hawaii in September. And part of that trip is is uh, a wedding, you know, and, yeah. and two people getting together. And I, and I think that that's cool. I think that that's. Like, you know, if you have the bread and the money to be able to do that, that's great. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just think millennials financially are not in a position, especially with where the housing market is and in in the cost of life right now. They're not in a position to be dropping, you know, what, five figures yeah. on, on a wedding. Giggity says, I wonder what the divorce rate with millennials is. Oh, I bet you it's high. I don't see them fighting very hard to keep a relationship going. I don't know. I think that's person to person. I hate lumping... Millennials get lumped into a lot of things, you know, like, and I think, I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, Fat Jesus says that's because millennials can't afford big weddings. Brylark says, giggity, giggity, if I remember right, divorce rates are generally the same, but marriage rates are way, way down <coughs> among millennials. True. They don't buy houses. They don't get married. They're, they're not cookie cutter people, which is yeah. great. I think it's very important that it's like that. James Knight says in Australia, Valentine's Day is referenced as a lot of Americanized BS. Well, it is a fake holiday. So it is a fake holiday. Just, just it is, but thing. I still like it. Yeah. Millennials are becoming uh, minimalists and not necessarily by choice, Brylark says. True. Yeah. I agree with that. Greg Hawkins says millennials are largely dis dispossessed, lethargic, and skeptical of society. 
Lots of debt and dwindling future prospects, so most decisions millennials make are about risk aversion and cost. Mm -hmm. That's 100% true. Ooh. That's 100% true. Fat Jesus says, or millennials didn't want an entry-level job. They, uh, they, Although they should be in charge right away, so now they're broke. I don't know about that. Quentin Moyer says, I'd rather spend 5K on a honeymoon trip to Maui or Cancun instead of 5K on the wedding. Agreed. True. Chris Karn married 20 years. Looking back, it's easy to say don't spend the money, but in the moment, you can get caught up in the excitement for sure. My wife was never like, hey, we got to have a huge wedding. Yeah. My wife was always about wedding in the backyard, small, like, yeah, and, and, and we agreed on that. that. Yeah. Uh, the casual says we better all be invited to Jake's wedding. We have waited a long time for this to be shafted. You know what I mean? They've grown up with you, Jake. You're well, casual. You've lost your virginity now. You the know? fact that the terminology we've been shafted is in the comments just tells you everything you need to Rec know about one the show. says, I prefer the intimate thing. I believe this moment belongs to me and my wife. I witnessed big weddings bringing more tension in couples than the little ones. Oh, man, big weddings are stressful. I'm going to say this again. <laughs> we almost did a small wedding, Greg Hale says, but we decided to do a semi-bigger wedding for the wedding gifts. Money and gifts made up for a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, eBay, the sofa surfer says, go to Cancun and you will be divorced before you return. Yeah, you'll probably be murdered because your head will be in a bag. Well, you know. Yeah. Should probably play the music now. Yeah, you know. Um, look, I'm just telling you, we put so much pressure on people to do what we want them to do. Chris Karn said, if we have one on the show, we should get invited to Jake's party. Okay. You should probably get engaged first. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. Way. Hey, make sure you uh, subscribe to our channel if you're listening on the podcast. Bless you. We're having a huge week on the podcast again. Thank you, Spotify. Uh, thank you, everybody who listens on, on to our audio podcast. Stitcher. Stitcher Radio for sure is blowing up for us. Apple, thank you so much for listening to the audio. Follow us on YouTube. Uh, just search The Monty Show on Google. Hit subscribe. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, The Monty Show. Shop our, our links below. We're giving away a PS5. It's all good on The Monty Show. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.